Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Steel Roses Podcast. This podcast was created for women by women. You are hearing Jenny this morning. Um, welcome to another episode here. Um, I was reflecting a lot this week on what to talk about. Um, the guest episodes are really great for season two. And, you know, but then I, I want to make sure that you're also hearing from me in terms of everyday life things and having to, you know, navigate professional mom, regular, you know, all the things. Um, and I want to share something with you um, that my cousin had said to me. Um, and we were just chatting back and forth. And um, she had said, said to me, I'm preparing to be behind. And it hit me almost like a ton of bricks, that phrase, because I actually distinctly remember when my kids were little, consistently working to be behind. Now, let me explain what that means. <laughs> so what would end up happening is um, my, my job when, when the kids were very little was I- incredibly intense. And... Um, which is kind of hilarious because the job I have now is less intense. You would have been better suited for me at that point. But in any case, um, the job that I had at the time when my kids were very little was very intense and I would consistently have to look ahead and work ahead knowing that, you know, um, the kids might be homesick or the kids had a day off or I would have to work ahead just with the mind frame of, I need to get as much done as I can right now because I don't know what's going to happen. Um, so you're, I was basically planning out being behind and I was consistently behind and I would consistently have to, you know, work until like three o'clock in the morning just to make sure that I was balancing and staying on top of everything I needed to stay on top of. Now, I don't know where along the path that that shifted, but it has shifted. When my guys were toddlers, um, a relative had said to me, she pulled me aside and said to me, I must've had like a look. <laughs> I must've always had a look on my face when these guys were little that of like desperation <laughs> because I was just, you know, running on empty the whole time. But um, a relative pulled me aside and she almost had me crying. And she said to me, um, this is the hardest time what you're going through right now is the hardest time, but it will, it will get better. It's going to go away. Like it's going to get better. It's going to even out. And she had said it to me. And then I had many, many people say to me, don't worry when the kids are about five, you're going to see a difference. And I remember thinking to myself at the time, because they were like one and two. And I was like, oh my God, I have to wait how many years for it to get better? And I was like, am I going to survive? Am I going to make it? And I'm talking like, I think ages from 20, I want to say from 2016 through 2020. Yeah, that sounds about right. 2016 through 2020, um, I didn't sleep. I was only sleeping maybe a couple hours a night. And this was because my, you know, my twins would get up at night. My little guy would sometimes get up at night. And between the three of them getting up at night and cycling around, I would get maybe 45 minutes of sleep before somebody else woke me up. Um, 
and I have spoken about this on other episodes where a doctor had said to me, like, you're, you're taking years off your life. Like you have to figure out a way to sleep. And I was like, I work full time and I have three young children. Please tell me how you'd like me to figure this out. Because the only option would really be to sleep during the daytime at that point. <laughs> and that wasn't going to happen because I had to work. So um, what end up what, what would end up happening because I was so just out of it all the time um, and, and really I wasn't taking care of myself at all, what would end up happening is I would have these moments where um, I would crash. My body would just kind of call it quits and say, you're going to go to sleep right now. And it happened enough where I would actually be nervous and I would start to feel when it was going to come and I would start rushing through whatever I was doing because I knew that like my eyes were about to close. Like I wasn't going to have a choice. Um, and I remember I would say to my husband, like, yeah, watch the kids. I got to lay down. And it would, all of a sudden it would just, that would be it. I would be out for a couple hours. Um, now for some of you listening, you might be sitting here saying to yourself, like, well, what about your husband? Like, why didn't he help you? He did. <laughs> he did. He actually, um, because of the industry that he works in, he's in construction. Unfortunately, um, when he did help, that would mean he was up with me all night too. And then, you know, if he was late to work or if he had to call out to help me out because the kids were sick and I, and I had to go to work or whatever, um, they would fire him it happened. I think there was one year where he, they, they, he was let go or, or it didn't work out with like six or seven places because in his industry, the level of job that he had at that point, um, you're replaceable. It's like a dime a dozen. We, we don't need you really. We can find anybody to do what you're doing. And it was incredibly frustrating and disheartening. And I was actually kind of appalled at the industry as a whole, just because of that, because they treated these men in the field, like just a number. You really don't matter. It, it, I can get anybody to do your job. So that was frustrating for me to watch. So as much as I could, I would mitigate the amount of times that my husband had to get up at night because I, I didn't, we couldn't let him lose his job. And he also was working, you know, in a field where if he's half asleep at work and he makes a mistake, like he could get killed. Like, so it was a non-negotiable for me to, to take it on and just make sure I was doing everything. Um, so it just was like four years of, we need to survive <laughs> and throw anything at the wall and hope it sticks. Um, it was incredibly hard. Um, and then on top, layered on top of that, and, and this is for all the women out there who are currently going through this layered on top of that. You also have like the worries of your child. Is my child okay? See, are they hitting their milestones? <laughs> um, are they healthy? Did they get their shots? Can I get them to get their shots? Are they getting blood work done? Can I get them to get blood work done? Full disclosure. Um, my guys haven't gotten blood work done ever because the one time that I took them for their um, vaccines and I took them for their, their checkup and they wanted to do blood work. The young woman couldn't find the vein and all three kids were in the room and the one child screaming for me and the other two went bolting out of the room because they're like, we're, we're not having any of that. And I had to put a stop to it. So I'm like, I can't sit here and watch you do this. I, and thus we didn't get it done. And then we moved and it was like one thing after another. Now they're older. I plan on doing it just 
sometimes when <laughs> hears it. I do plan on doing it. I do think there's value in making sure that you're staying on top of those kinds of things. Um, but yeah, I chickened out for, for a really long time and I just never went back around to it. Uh, sorry, I need to sip my espresso while we're recording here. Um, so that time in my life aside, when it wasn't incredibly difficult, I think I might have PTSD from it. Um, and I mean that sincerely. Um, it was in some ways traumatizing. Um, I, I don't know when it shifted and I think it must have been around five or six when it started to even out and that sounds crazy. So if you're going through it right now and you feel like you're at your wits end and you're holding on by a thread, um, I can assure you that it does eventually even out. Um, kids stop getting sick after a while. Their immune systems start to really um, get better and stronger. And then you don't have to you know, get them to the doctor as much. After a while too, you start to pick up on some things too. Um, <clears throat> I started asking my pediatricians for extra prescriptions or larger prescriptions because I would tell them like, okay, if this one has this illness, like, can you just give me a double? Like, because I have three kids, everyone's going to get this. Can you please just help me out here? And they would oblige. So there was, um, there was a lot of instances of that where I would see symptoms coming from another kid and then I would have to apply and you really, you're just on top of things all the time. Um, but again, like I said, it does get better and you will eventually get to a point where you are able to refocus yourself. Hence me doing this podcast. This is, I'm almost at my first year. April is the anniversary, is the one year anniversary. Um, I would have never been able to do this when they were babies, ever. And case in point, I'd like to point out that, um, you know, my, my co-host, Melissa, um, she was with me in season one. And in season two, you know, things, she, she's a full-time mom and she has a full-time job. And her daughter is around 100% of the time. And there is no moment of like, oh, here, just sit down and be quiet. The only reason why I'm able to do this is because my kids are older now. I have two of them sitting behind me right now. And I told them it's quiet morning time. Mommy's going to record. They said, okay, mommy, we understand. They're sitting behind me quietly and they're doing an activity. You might be able to hear them, but this is quiet for them. And this is a big deal to be able to have that flexibility. Um the other thing that changed recently, and all of a sudden it just happened, I'm able to get laundry done and not have it like piled up behind me in like a ridiculous way. The only reason why things are starting to get easier is because these guys are getting older and one, they can help me and I tap into them quite frequently. I do want to put that out there. Um, as mothers, we have a tendency to just take everything on. Some of us more than others are a little crazier about it. We try to do everything ourselves. You really have to make sure you're incorporating your kids into chores, even if it's something simple. When these guys were very little, I had a little chore bucket for each of them. And it had one duster, one little sponge, and a little spray bottle with water. And I think I put like essential oils or something in it like that was safe for them. Um, and I let them quote unquote help me clean. And they would clean the baseboards. Honestly, safest thing that they could do. Spray down the baseboards, wipe it with the sponge. They loved it. They used to wash the whole hallway. They thought it was the funnest thing ever. Granted, they made a little bit of a mess, but they washed the walls, they washed the floor, and they washed the baseboards. The hallway is always crystal, you know, sparkling. So 
there's things you can do to get your child involved um, early to set them up for eventually having real chores. I strongly advocate for this. I grew up um, not really doing that. My poor mother had to do everything herself and she would get really mad at us. And I remember, you know, after a while, like we would get annoyed back at her because obviously at that point we were so not in the vibe of like helping out that we just didn't help out. I don't remember ever. I think I maybe I can count on one hand the amount of times I helped clean something. Like it just wasn't, it wasn't something that was a priority for her to show us. And I remember seeing all my friends and seeing that they had chores and they had things that they needed to do. And, and I was always like, this is mind boggling. Like, this is crazy. But now I know. And, you know, and now I pick that up with my kids. So that's something that I do think that like gets missed sometimes. And I think it's also important to make sure that you're instilling that sense of independence and responsibility on your kids to um, be in charge of their rooms. You're in charge of your own space. You're in charge of making your bed. Um, if you look up online, there's a bunch of websites that'll tell you like, you know, kid safe chores and age appropriate like ages for each of the chores. T- take a look at it because, you know, not for nothing, like if you're finding that you're like getting behind on things or if you're finding that you're like really struggling, like, you know what, give them an activity. Tell them it's th- their responsibility to clean their room. They might, they're not going to do a great job. You will have to go in there and help them out, but it will give you the space you need to get something else done. And that's really the goal when they're little is to make sure that you're giving them something that gives you space so that you can focus on something else. Um, another example that I have is that, um, now I only started doing this, um, I think when they were six, six years old, um, when I would do my morning meditations, um, I would allow one child to come with me during the summertime. I would go to the beach for it. So I would allow for one child to come with me. And then I grew to all three of them. Like sometimes they all wake up and want to come, which is okay. Um, we've been early risers since they were little, so it's totally cool with me, but they have, but they do understand that it's quiet meditation time. So everyone brings a towel. Everyone sits down. They don't last the whole time, but they last long enough that one, I'm getting my meditation done. And two, they're now learning this skill. And it's incredibly important to me that my kids are understanding meditation and learning it and and employing it in their lives as they grow up. So it's things like that, that are important to you. How can you integrate your child into it in an easy way? That's not super stressful. Um, And I say that because I've made many mistakes over the years, even to present day where I think that they're at, okay to do something, but then it turns out into a a shit show for lack of a better term. And I am like frustrated beyond belief. And I'm trying to, I just want you guys to hear that because it does happen. I'm not perfect at this, um, by any means, but trial and error over the years has brought me to a certain point. And I want to share this with you guys. Um, the other thing I was just talking to one of, um, one of my friends about, um, we had our, we have our girls in gymnastics together and she told me, she was like, when I'm out and I need to make sure that my son and her son is, I think he's two, 
Um, she's like, when I'm out and my son, you know, is getting kind of out of hand, she's like, I give him my phone. She was like, I know that screen time is bad. And when he's, you know, at home, like we try to engage as much as we can, but like in certain situations, I gotta, I gotta give it up because I, I need to get something done. And I think that there's something important to note here because we all feel like, you know, we have to do things in a certain way and we all feel this incredible amount of pressure and eyes on us really, because not for anything, but when I'm out with the kids and they're starting to get really loud and I hand them their phones and by phones, I mean, my old phones that just have internet access, everyone can have one of those. Like that's basically what I do. And I carry that. And I'm like, here you go. Just, I need you to be quiet for a little bit. Mommy has to do this. Or we're out at a restaurant. We're practicing behavior and quiet behavior. They're allowed quiet conversation. If I sense that they're getting a little rowdy and antsy, I'll pass it over to them. Sometimes I, I used to bring crayons with me and like sheets of paper so we could do tic-tac-toe. Like that's another tip too. Like I used to carry stuff in my purse at all times. That would be um, a distraction if needed, if they just were getting out of hand. Um, Because sometimes you just have to plan for it. Know that you're going to be going to church and know that your your child is going to get a little bit out of hand. Build out a busy bag and put a coloring book, crayons, something to play with, a dolly, like anything that's very quiet that they will occupy their time. Um, I knew someone that used to wrap up matchbox cars and throw them all into a bag. And then her child was like so excited to unwrap a bunch of things. <laughs> like, you know, you have to just think outside the box a little bit and see what works for you. Um, because you're going to get through this. Motherhood is it's incredibly beautiful and, but it's incredibly hard. It is quite possibly the hardest job I've ever done. And I do call it a job because I have to work at it all the time. I'm not great at this either. And I always talk to my kids about it. And, you know, if I have a tough day where I am, um, I'm going to spell it in case any of you have littles in the car, but if I'm being a B I T C H and (laughs) I know it, um, I'll talk to the kids and I'll tell them, I'm, I'm so sorry, mommy is being grumpy. Hold on. And I'll reset. And I quite frequently will acknowledge to them um, that mommy's not, mommy's not being nice. Um, I do that specifically because I want them to know that mommy and daddy are human beings. And I remember growing up and thinking um, my parents were perfect. And I never saw any like cracks and they just seemed so perfect. And then I got the reality. Obviously they're not perfect, but I grew up with this image that they were and talking to them about problems or this or that, like that they wouldn't get it and that they were just too perfect and they wouldn't understand things. And so I actively make it a point to tell them like, oh, mommy made a mistake here. Oh shoot. I'm so sorry. Mommy forgot, you know, and they'll tell me like, oh, mommy, it's okay. You know? And, and one other thing that I do, I apologize to my kids. If I snap and I lose my temper, if I snap and I lose my temper, um, on my kids, like I will apologize to them and let them know, like, I'm sorry, mommy lost her temper. That's another thing that I don't think ever happened you know, when I was growing up, I don't think I ever heard anyone's parent of anyone's parents being like, Oh, I'm sorry. I yelled at you. 
that wasn't a thing. But I want my kids to understand that like adults make mistakes. People in authority make mistakes. That's the pull through there. Everything that I do now and I like drive myself insane, I try to do it with the intention of them learning something from whatever it is that I'm I'm showing them. Um, it's exhausting to have to think through all those things all the time, but it, it's just part of it. Um, but the key takeaway here is that if you have young kids, if you are home with a newborn, um, God bless one of my friends who just had a newborn, um, bless her because she's going through it and be doing a fabulous job. Um, if you have a newborn, you're just starting out at this journey and it's going to be whatever you make it. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be hard. It's going to be frustrating. Um, you will cry. You will laugh. <laughs> it's literally all the things, but at the end of it, it is really this wonderful journey that you get to go through with this other little person that you're helping to grow into a wonderful human being. Um, so with all that said, I want to share all that <laughs> with all that said, um, I feel I'm continuing to grow as a mother, as my kids get older. And I hope to continue to be able to communicate with them in a really great way and that I can pivot and respond accordingly as they need me to. Um, cause that's just all part of it. So I, I hope that <laughs> something in here, um, resonated with you. Um, if you are new momming it and you just need a little, you just need a little somebody, you need to vent. Um, I'm here for it. So you can always email email me, steelrosespodcast at gmail.com. All of our links are in the description of the podcast. Um, you can access all of the links in the description there and you can reach me in one of those ways. Like I'm on everything and I see everything. So please feel free to reach out. The intention of this podcast when it started was to be a resource for women and to be an outlet. And that's really what I'm doing here. And I really want you guys to feel free to reach out. Um, I am in the, de- in the process of developing the resources page on our website. So once we have, um, once I have enough folks ready to go and to be featured on there, um, you'll see that get released into uh, the wild basically, um, so that you all have access to all these amazing people that can provide resources to you. Um, and just, you know, I want to make sure that you all feel supported and that, um, you feel like you're, you're hearing what you need to hear here. Um, if you have a topic request or if there is something you'd like me to investigate, um, you can message me that as well. I'm all ears. And I do ask, you know, if you are, um, listening, if you could just, you know, review us in Spotify or Apple podcasts, I'd greatly appreciate it when you all review us. Um, or review me rather, it's incredibly helpful because it actually helps bring this podcast to other people. The more reviews that I have, the more traction the podcast will get and the more other people will be able to get eyes on it and get eyes on this content. I really want this to be something where women can come to Steel Roses Women and feel like they're in a community of support. Um, so I thank you all for listening. I greatly appreciate all of you. For all of you who have been with me day to day, I, I really, I cannot express enough how much joy this brings me. And I hope that it brings you something too. Um, Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.